Hello. 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 <laughs> it works. Great. Oh, it's time for the podcast. Well, welcome, Missy. Um, uh, my name is Christopher Times, your host. Do it. Yes, I'm going to just do it. <sighs> okay. This is Christopher Times, your host, and uh, this is Tend Your Emotional Garden. <laughs> Hello. How are you doing, Missy? Oh, I'm awesome. I'm so glad to be here on your show. It's crazy. Like, we live so far apart, you know. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> well, I wanted to bring you on and talk to you about your experiences of tending your emotional garden. Like, what was it like for you to try these <laughs> techniques and what is it like for you going, you know, in your daily life as far as how do you take care of yourself? And could you um, talk about that for a moment? Oh, I would love to talk about myself for a moment. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like, as you know, I was kind of a hot mess when I got to Texas and social anxiety, panic attacks, blah, blah, blah. And over the last year and a half, I have, well, because I'm proactive and uh, very determined person, uh, I've overcome most of that. And um, uh, that entails uh, going to the doctor and getting on some responsible medicines to make sure my moods are stabilized that way. So um, then you go out and you exercise, which you don't realize it when you're sitting on the couch, not doing it, but it gets your endorphins flowing and it makes you feel alive. It makes you feel in the moment and it calms you down and and then you could go out there and you know listen just listen to your inner voice or god or whoever you talk to and and you can get answers to your questions that way so when i feel uh, doubtful about my next step then i will just go out and listen and i ride my bike and you know now i'm getting hobbies and it's like i'm really a real person and I haven't felt like a real person that mattered in society in a real long time. So, yeah, you have to you have to be, first of all, very proactive and be mindful of that monster who comes in and tries to tell you horrible things in your head. Like so, you can't can't do it or something. So I want to ask you about that piece that you just mentioned about being a real person and, and discovering you are a person and a real person at that. Uh, could you expound on that? What was it like for you before and now? Oh, well, um, really before, I guess I had shrunk myself into feeling more like a, um, an invisible person, like someone who the, like society just doesn't, didn't care. And like the people I cared about fully and completely and would bend over backwards for wouldn't care for me. They wouldn't feed back into me. They wouldn't reciprocate. And I'm like, what's wrong with me? That's what I'm thinking, you know, and, and I internalized all of that. And then, so, and then it became like a way of being for me. And then through the two years that before I got to Galveston, I, I had a lot of uncertainty. I didn't trust myself. I couldn't make decisions. I had anxiety, dry mouth all the time, like really experiencing a lot of horrible physical symptoms as well as mental systems, but or symptoms rather. But um, then like I was literally just 
walking out of work the other day and I'm like in tears coming through the parking lot after I get off work because I feel so grateful to feel like people acknowledge me now, you know, like they're, it's not like just acknowledging me. It's like, I see myself being part of society and that like before I didn't matter, you know, I didn't seem to have any value or wasn't contributing anything. But as soon as you get all of these wheels turning together, then it seems like um, you have a goal in mind. You have a goal in mind to just be a normal person and live um, and enjoy life, you know, and, and be grateful. That's what I kind of want to achieve. And then maybe even some prosperity, creativity and all of that later on. But first, you got to get yourself on that even keel. And it's like, I just couldn't even where I was in my depression or anxiety, it had me convinced that I would never produce anything worthy while I was alive on this planet. And then now I know better. <laughs> That's powerful. Could you give us and, and, and you don't have to uh, um, just um, could you give us a rough background of your childhood and what made you kind of into that person that didn't feel like a real person until recently. You don't have to tell anything specific or you don't have to say anything at all. Okay. Um, well, I love to tell people how to fix themselves. So um, just putting it in a vague um, way, basically when I was a child, my household was chaos most of the time because my mom was schizophrenic and my dad um, had a lot on his hands with her and they fought a lot and uh, things hit the wall frequently around me. So as an only child, I would hide in closets and I became very timid. And um, I think I carried that in my life along with being an empath um, or an HSP, highly sensitive person. Um, I would classify myself in that um, as well. But having all these sensitivities to emotions, I was in that closet building up the person that I was before I realized I was a real person building this facade that was like, um, I'll never be worth anything. I, I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but no one loves me. No one pays any attention to me. Um, and when they do, it's usually negative or I'm getting yelled at. And um, then when they do speak to me, they, and like um, high school and things, they would discourage me instead of encourage me. So I basically had to get out on my own and unlearn everything my parents taught me. And because they didn't know any better. So I could forgive them because they just grew up in a really um, closed minded environment. So in a, an abusive environment. So, um, you know, and I know my parents, emotional abuse still counts and it cuts us the deep, the deepest, you know, for me anyway. And, um, you know, it's like you just have to decide that you're done living like that. You're just I'm done not mattering because I went through that point where I wanted to give up. And what I mean by giving up was exiting the planet. And that was right after my mom died, about two weeks after my mom died. And if I can get to that point and get to where I am now, then anybody can do it. You can crawl yourself out of the hole um, and, and you just look and the answers will come. The, the guidance will come. Your intuition will tell you what doctor to take who you're drawn to, you know, or what you need to do. You're, you can't mess it up because you, because it's about self-love and about fixing yourself. And 
and getting on your own side and being your own cheerleader. I wasn't even my own cheerleader. I was more like, nobody should mess with me. I'm poisonous. You know, I'm toxic. There's something wrong with me. So I literally would repel opportunities and people and, and even relationships probably. So, you know, kind of thwarting my own, you know, purpose, trying to move forward, but subconsciously tripping myself up. So that's that's very powerful, Missy. And I always tell my clients that uh, we are a product of our environment. However, we do have a choice, right? We have a choice mm-hmm. on what direction at some point that we're going to decide to go. We're going to continue to go down that same mm-hmm. uh, victimized or victimization path. Or are we going to choose to be survivors, to recover, to to move beyond right? Those stuck places that got us all uh, Mm -hmm. stuck. I think we're all a product of some type of dysfunctional family system, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so what was that turning point? Or could you discuss for us that turning point that you, you know, came to 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 say, I'm going to choose this path. I'm going to choose a path of healing and growth and productivity Mm. and and, and, and maturation and, and, and completion and that, that path. Uh, was there a time that you could think of, reflect on a moment? That, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. If it doesn't matter, if it's a little dark, because it's a little bit dark and it's going to hopefully, you know, as I go forward writing this book about my life story, um, there's an addiction patch in there. So is that okay? I can yes. go into, okay. Ab- absolutely. Okay, so basically, when I entered rehab, I wanted to know why I was slowly killing myself. I went from, because all addiction is, is punishment. You're punishing yourself for things you haven't resolved emotionally, I think. You just need to process that stuff, and you're hiding from your emotional feelings using the alcohol or drugs or whatever is what it feels like. But if you can get brave enough to tear tear off the alcohol, tear off the drugs for a few weeks, then you can really get to the root of what that problem is. And that's your trauma, your childhood traumas and stuff. And, um, and I think that when I looked at myself in the mirror and I was an addict and my, my face was literally picked into sores. So that's, that's the darkness of it. Um, I went into the program in Cincinnati. Um, even though it was outpatient, I really could have probably used inpatient, um, because I was so jacked up. But as soon as I got in there, it was like, I I was compliant with it. I went in, I didn't get in trouble. I didn't hurt anybody by the grace of God. I volunteered to go in because I saw myself in the mirror. This isn't me. This isn't what I want to be when I grew up, you know? And um, so I made the conscious choice, which is the, the choice you have to make. That's very important. You have to say, I want to do this. I'm going to get better, you know? And then I went. And as soon as I sat down in that seat, they, I was a sponge. They could have filled me like a cup because I wanted to know why I wanted to die, you know, why I was trying to kill myself and why I blamed myself for so much. And um, and then finally, I, I figured they explained to us about projection and, you know, all of these other psychological, you know, explanations, basically. And I started just vacuuming up self-help books like I'm okay you're okay and I'm like oh my god that's why that's why my mom did that or that's why I did that and the wheels start turning and you start healing like immediately if you want to 
and you can't tell, you can't explain that to a person who doesn't understand addiction, who's never been addicted. It's, it's like literally jumping from one lifeline to another. You're, are you going to live or can you live through withdrawals? That's what's really going through all the addicts head. And, and it's the scariest, darkest, you, you don't care if you die and you're on drugs, you'd be gone and nobody, it's just happens. But, and I think that's what the addict's mind thinks is if I slip away that way, it won't hurt as bad as trying to heal myself. So, cause healing is the hard path. I mean, you really have to be really, oh, that one road, the road less taken. You gotta be really ready to walk that road or you ain't ready to heal yet. Cause you're gonna have to fight. It's gonna be a fight the whole way. So that's that, basically when it all changed right there. That's <laughs> incredible. That's incredible, Missy. You know, that road less traveled, um, um, the road less taken, right? It, even yeah. G- Jesus says that the, there's, there's two roads, that wide path and the narrow path, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the rugged path, right? The one that people really, really move away from taking because it's so difficult. But on the other side of it, though, is such great rewards. Uh, do you, do you, um, are you moving in a way now uh, that you could have imagined 10, 15, 20 years ago, or, or are you finding yourself in different places? Uh, I call it a discovery process where you kind of figure out, oh my gosh, this is new. This is a new way of being. And I'm picking up, picking up new tools and I'm doing things to feed my body, my mind, my spirit. Are you, what's your process of engaging now um, in, in this moment um, today? Oh, gosh. Um, I was trailing off a little bit there because, you know, I'm ADD and stuff. And I was like thinking about the point. Um, it, can you just repeat a little bit of your question? Because I'm I'm thinking I'm going to give you a really confused answer, if not. <laughs> How is it now opposed to, say, two years ago? Oh, OK. You're thinking about how you live from day to day. Oh, could could I imagine myself being like this? ago or whatever like you said right okay um no because 10 years ago exactly okay nine years ago my mom died and that's when I wanted to run out in front of the Mack truck like a literally a very fast moving truck because there were gravel pits by my mom's cemetery Mm -hmm. and I knew that my heart was suffering and I wouldn't know what to do without my parents I was just overwhelmed and scared and not ready and uh just fresh out of recovery fresh out of rehab you know and I was like, my mom, my mom's going to leave me money. I'm just going to blow that too, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was feeling really shitty. And I said, well, this is the only option I have. And I feel like uh, all these gravel pits around here, these big dump trucks are flying at like 50 miles an hour around route 50 on up there in Milford. Mm-hmm. And, and I really, God knew cause he could hear my thoughts that I was going to run, walk right out in front of one. I had every intention of ending my life that day. Mm-hmm. And, um, no, I couldn't have believed in a million years that, uh, that I'm sitting here on a beach. Like I imagined when I was a child, like, you know, the wishes coming true for me, like, um, you know, that you wish for when you're a kid, <laughs> like, um, if you can get yourself to believe things or have hope. Um, and I slapped it on a vision board three or four years ago. And even three or four years ago, I couldn't have, I was sitting under an abused man, an abusive man, um, basically I call him my white man's slave master because that's what he was. He just gave mm-hmm. 
things to do and no affection, no love, no nothing. And I'm not capable of receiving it either. So here I am in this dark hole and with what I believe to be a very dark environment around me spiritually. And I reached out to my aunt and I asked her to pray for me. And I said, can you help me get out of this relationship? Because I feel like there's a really nice guy out there for me somewhere if I can get out of here. And mm-hmm. that's kind of when I uh, had her pray for me because I didn't know if I could, I don't know if I could pray right or something, you know, and uh, things started to move immediately. And uh, I left the, left there and I, there's no way you could have told me when I left there with $300 in my pocket that I would end up on Galveston Island living on a beach, like having every child, I have a bike, I rode on the seawalk. There are so many things to be grateful for. Those are small things to other people, but when you lose them, they're, I mean, you know, when you don't have access to them anymore or you don't want to do them anymore, that's a really sad place to be. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I know that it's by the grace of God that I'm sitting here because when I came to Texas, I started going to Lakewood, you know, mm-hmm. and um, he said, give me a year of your life. And here I am, what, a year and a half later? Like, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Without panic attacks, you know, doing well, doing well on medicine and getting my blood pressure down and everything, you know. Um, yeah. But you have to know that you have that kind of life force inside of you when you get that dark you can you can crawl out of any hole and any problem you got can be fixed you can you can leave it or you can fix it it's an option you don't really have to fix anything you just keep going Mm -hmm. you know just keep going on your path and and then I think that God will open the doors for you he'll send people to help you he'll put he'll shift you where you get really mad and then you go another total direction, but that's, that's where all the good stuff is. And we can't see that. Mm-hmm. And then I just kept following my path and not knowing where the heck I was going or who I was going to meet or anything and ended up in Texas. And I had to trust God from that point on. And, and it's proved itself uh, 10,000 fold for me. So Wonderful. I absolutely know that prayer works. I got baptized when I got to Texas, everything. Wonderful. So, and yep. as we wrap up, um, do you want to uh, talk for a moment or two about how was it working with me during this process? <laughs> oh, boy, you want to go there, huh? <laughs> um, well, since we're going to we're going to be raw and authentic, right? Well, you know, uh, you know within limits. OK. Well, with, with Chris, there's been nothing but positive atmosphere, attitude and positive, safe environment to heal. So he was literally sent to me as a blessing in my path. I had no idea who Chris was when I got to Texas, had never met him. Um, I was here for another man and he ended up uh, letting me down when I wrecked my car and I was sitting in a homeless center for two and a half weeks. Chris was the one who coached me through that, like he was the one who brought me out of that state of mind. Cause I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm in a strange land. I don't know anyone here. All my family's dead or they don't care. Like all these thoughts. And Chris came in and he, he allowed me to, to be his roommate and everything has, I've done nothing but thrive since I've spent my time with him and with his leadership and friendship and all of that. But I'm going to tell you guys something right now. This man, I was, I've seen him 
hold people's, the fabric of their reality together for them. Like literally helping people who are barely holding on to get their lives straightened out again. So you could be any kind of hot mess and come to Chris and he's going to, he is a gentle, sweet soul and he's non-judgmental. Um, he's seen and heard it all. So there ain't nothing you can't tell him that's, that's going to scare him. So, or run him off. And he's a neutral party that you could talk to about anything, any subject. So just y'all be crazy not to book him. <laughs> awesome. So, I'm just saying, I'm not, I'm not being biased because you're my friend. I've seen you work miracles with people and pull them up out of the, the trenches. So including myself. So. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you, Missy. And I really yeah. thank you for your time today and for sharing with us um, your authenticity um, in your life journey and blessings, blessings, blessings to your journey yet to come. Oh, yeah, you too. I'm sure you've got big plans and everything, and they're all going to come together just because you're doing, when you do things based in love, you will never fail. You will always succeed. So, what's, your, what's your thing? What, let me hear it. Love never. Love always wins. There it's you always, go. When you are in the vibration of love, then you are going to, uh, everything that you do, as long as it's based in love, it's allowed, it's permitted and, and push with it because it's going to, you know, you might have to push past some negative people, but it, it's, it's for your better. So you just keep pushing. That's all I say. It gets hard. Just keep swimming because you can do better. There you go. <laughs> you I just like, don't know it yet. <laughs> I like that. We'll we'll go ahead and conclude there. Thank you. Wait. Oh, what? Did I put my information on here? Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, I could throw mine out there. I mean, I'm really wild and weird with my beliefs, y'all. But if you want to listen to me, I have my own podcast over at Positive Energy Alchemy. And that's going to take you back to my really sour days at Kohl's all the way up to before I got to Texas. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that I share metaphysical secrets in there and that have worked for me. And I haven't been currently making one, but um, I'm also offering... Um, I do card readings on Facebook. You can book me, uh, Missy Conley, Psychic Medium. Just type that in the search bar, and uh, we can get into talking about that end of my stuff. So um, that's about all I got to say. <laughs> oh, awesome. Well, this has been great. And um, everybody, uh, have a wonderful, wonderful, happy, yeah. happy Saturday. God bless. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.